What is up, everybody? Welcome to my post show for tonight. It is January 5th, and we are going to be talking about the first SmackDown of 2024. That is SmackDown Revolution. And we got some pretty noteworthy stuff from tonight's show because we are headed into the Royal Rumble. It's officially that time of the year, guys. Uh, we are just weeks away from the Rumble in Florida. And before you know it, WrestleMania season is uh, officially upon us. Uh, so it's a very exciting next couple of months in pro wrestling, uh, especially WWE again going into WrestleMania. And we found out what the big matchup is going to be come Royal Rumble, aside obviously from the men's and the women's Rumble itself. But we found out who Roman Reigns is going to be facing. And we also now know who Logan Paul will be facing. So we got a couple of uh, some pretty noteworthy stuff. So I'm going to get started and get right to it. Um, we're going to kick things off with a huge thank you to Sheldon Jackson for sending in five DWL memberships. We got Steven in here who's also a DWL member saying, here we go. Where do we begin, Denise? I know. Sheldon Jackson also says, had a suspicion that it was going to be a fatal four-way match, but I like the now smooth. Uh, Nick Aldis was when he told Heyman that it was a fatal four-way for the title. I mean, technically, we the people, as well as the people on Twitter, found out that it would be a fatal four-way before Roman Reigns. Because when the show went off the air, Paul Heyman had yet to tell Roman Reigns anything about him being in a fatal four-way match. So technically, we all knew first before Roman Reigns himself. That's kind of cool. But anyway, so let's get started there, guys. Uh, I don't like to beat around the bush. We're going to get started with the hot topic of the evening. And that is going to be that come for the Royal Rumble, we are going to be seeing Roman Reigns in a fatal four-way match competing against the returning Randy Orton. LA Knight and the new version of AJ Styles that we are seeing. So here's the thing. Already, we had people kind of predicting for a bit now that it would probably be a fatal four-way match. But I think that for the most part, I know myself, my strongest prediction, I think, was that it was going to be Randy Orton. And I thought it was going to be Randy Orton because I kind of don't want... Here's the thing. I'm a little bit torn. Don't get me wrong, I'm excited about the Fatal 4-Way because, it, it, honestly, it's been a while since we've really had a Fatal 4-Way for the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Like, I don't even remember if and when there was one. I know for sure we had the 3-Way. I don't remember a Fatal 4-Way unless someone wants to remind me here. But for the most part, it's been a long time. And so having a Fatal 4-Way is pretty exciting, especially when you got all of these guys here. But at the same time, I wanted to see AJ Styles in the Royal Rumble. I wanted to see LA Knight in the Royal Rumble. Um, and I wasn't expecting Randy Orton to be in the Rumble because I had a feeling that he would be competing against Roman Reigns. So part of me is like, damn, these are, a, these are quite a few guys that I wanted to see in the Royal Rumble, but now they've skipped a step and they've gone straight into actually competing for the championship against Roman Reigns. So here's the thing, guys. Like, this is going to be a really good match. So first of all, the way that this even happened, because some of you, if you didn't watch SmackDown, you're like, WTF, what happened? Why is Roman facing everybody? Well, 
we were getting this match. It was a pretty damn good match. Uh, we were seeing them kick each other's ass. I mean, at one point, we're seeing LA Knight smash the face of AJ Styles like a zillion times into the commentary table. Randy Orton takes out LA Knight. Randy Orton takes out AJ Styles. At one point, we see AJ Styles... Um, get an RKO out of nowhere and it looks like it's about to be over but LA Knight comes in and he's all busted open he pulls the leg of Randy Orton and these guys are just like mulling at each other because they all want Roman Reigns and then just like <laughs> just like a bunch of noisy kids in the sleepover all of a sudden mom comes out Roman Reigns and everybody's like oh shit Roman Reigns is here Roman Reigns comes out and keep in mind all these three guys are pretty much beaten down to the pulp at this point. And Roman Reigns comes out with uh, with Jimmy, with Solo Sokoa, and with Paul Heyman. And of course, he sends his guys in to attack all of these guys. So we end up seeing um, Solo runs in, he attacks LA Knight. We then start to see, uh, see them attack Randy and then AJ Styles. We see Roman Reigns powerbomb AJ Styles. And this whole entire time, Nick Aldis is just watching and he's pissed. He's pissed, but he's not showing it in a way where like, you know, we're seeing this kind of a face. He's kind of calm, cool and collected, but you can tell that he's got something cooking up in there uh, in that brain of his. We see a Superman punch on LA Knight, a spear on LA Knight. Then Roman Reigns spears Randy. And at the same time, Solo Sokoa gets him with the Samoan spike. Um, So... At this point, R Roman Reigns had run amok, man. He attacked everybody. He he pretty much brought this upon himself. He made the situation worse because he could have just faced one guy. But instead, Nick Aldis whispers and tells Paul Heyman in his ear. He tells them that when Roman Reigns is done doing what he's doing to let him know that come Royal Rumble, he is going to face all three guys now as punishment for coming in, ruining this match, and unfairly attacking all three men. So that is why we are getting the Fatal 4-Way match. So I think for the most part, we pretty much know how this is going to go down. I think they're probably going to tell a situation, tell a story where like, I don't know, perhaps LA Knight is almost going to be getting the victory. And then all of a sudden, Roman Reigns steals the victory from him. I don't know. I'm expecting some sort of shenanigan like that. I'm obviously not expecting Roman Reigns to come out on the losing end at the Royal Rumble. But regardless, we should be getting a pretty fun matchup, especially when you got all of these different guys involved. But I see that we got some super chats coming in. So I'm going to go ahead and get right to them and see what you, the people, have to say about this. Um. All right. So Sam Pai Boone says, Will you go to the Royal Rumble or will you be doing a reaction stream? So I am definitely going to be at the Royal Rumble. So I will not be doing a reaction stream. I will be doing a post show, but it'll be the following day afterwards. So I will be uh, at the Royal Rumble. So a little bit different. You guys know how it is, but uh, yes, I will be there. Steven Marchulli says, I like the Fatal 4-Way. However, which face eats the pin? All right. So who eats the pin? Let's think about this. All right. Damn. Okay. Because AJ Styles, here's the thing. AJ Styles, literally, you know, he just came back. He's, uh, you know, looking more jacked than ever. The dude is, you know, branching off from the OC. He's doing his own thing. Then you have Randy Orton, who also just came back. 
but Randy Orton's Randy Orton. Like, Randy Orton's already a made guy forever. Ellie, Ellie Knight already lost to Roman Reigns last time. I think it would suck if Ellie Knight was the guy to take the pin in this matchup here. So I think if I were to suggest anybody, it would probably have to be Randy Orton. Only because, and that's not saying that AJ Styles isn't a made mad because he surely is too. But I'm going to go with Randy Orton. But I'm not too confident in my decision, to be honest. I really am not too confident on that one. Uh, let's see what we got here. We got, it's Zab D who says, since it's a fatal four-way at the Royal Rumble, most likely we'll see The Rock versus Roman at Elimination Chamber. Thoughts? Shout out from Veracruz, Mexico. Oh, first of all, thank you so much for watching um, from Mexico. I love Mexico. Can't wait to go back. I'm hoping to go back this year, by the way. Um, but I do not expect to see The Rock versus Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber, guys. I, I think it's very clear that that is a WrestleMania match. Nothing, nothing less and nothing less, guys. You cannot put The Rock versus Roman Reigns not at WrestleMania. So for that reason, I'm not expecting that match to happen at Elimination Chamber. I'm expecting it to happen at WrestleMania. Now, I think that whatever happens at uh, Royal Rumble, if they do tell a story where somebody gets screwed or where something like the victory gets stolen, something along those lines, I think that could then be uh, the catalyst to what we end up seeing at Elimination Chamber. But uh, as of right now, I'm not expecting, not not expecting The Rock versus Roman at Elimination Chamber. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at on that. Hunter Tillman sends in a very generous super chat. Thank you so much to Hunter as always. Hunter says, hi, Denise, looking gorgeous as ever. Thank you very much. EO and Misha knocked their first match out of the park. Uh, Ashanti has a ton of potential and we also got in blood twice this week. Is it really a new era? Oh, and Brunette Scarlet made my jaw drop. I mean, as if Scarlet could not get any more gorgeous, guys. I mean, this girl looks good if she's blonde, if she's brunette. I'm pretty sure if she dyed her hair orange, she would still look phenomenal. Uh, let's be real. The girl is flawless. But um, I do want to talk about that EO and Meechan match because I really did think that that was a phenomenal matchup. Uh, and I'll get to that in just a second. But we got Gabriel Salazar here who says, Fatal 4-Way. KO, Logan, two Royal Rumbles matches, going to be a good pay-per-view. Hell yeah, man. I mean, even just with that alone, I'm pretty sure they're probably going to add a women's match. Did they already add a women's match to that? No, I don't think so. But I'm pretty sure we're probably going to get like a Rhea Ripley match or something along those lines. I think we should be getting a Rhea match. Um, and then that's probably going to be it. Or... No, because they already, uh, Naya already declared herself for the Rumble. So did Becky Lynch. She's already in the Rumble. So I'm not expecting their match to happen at Royal Rumble. So I'm probably, I don't know, Rhea Ripley versus somebody at the Royal Rumble is probably going to be the other match that I'm expecting. And that within itself, you got the two Royal Rumble matches, the United States Championship match, the Fatal 4 where you got four matches. So yeah, I'm expecting one more match for the women. And then that's call it a day because that's going to be a pretty long you want to have your your good amount of time for the actual rumbles themselves and you're actually going to want a good amount of time for the fatal four-way too mr twilly says i'm really hoping they do bianca versus tiffany stratton bianca has already had too many shots at that belt uh have tiff eliminate her at the rumble uh 
I think it would be really cool, of course, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think that they're going to go that direction with pulling someone from the uh, NXT roster to win the Royal Rumble. I mean, everybody would be shocked. It'd be like, holy smokes, right? But I don't see them going that direction. Uh, I could be wrong, of course. I'm sure they're in, they want to surprise us, but I just don't really see it happening uh, right now. I think they're probably going to focus on telling a different story. Uh, I'm actually right now, I feel like I'm expecting Becky Lynch to possibly win the Royal Rumble. Uh, she's the one that I feel makes the most sense so that she can go in and finally have that match that I've been wanting with her and Rhea Ripley. So right now, Becky Lynch is the person that I'm shouting to win the women's Royal Rumble. Uh, so yeah, anybody else kind of just doesn't feel right in terms of like story and the d d direction that we're heading in. Uh, thank you so much to Mr. Twilly as well, though. Uh, I do love Tiffany Stratton a whole lot, though, and she's killing it on NXT. Stephen Marchulli says, what do you think of Cody wins the Rumble? Says he wants Reigns at Elimination Chamber. <laughs> then we're, okay, let's say, let's say, well, no, no. First of all, no. I'm going to tell you why, no. Because here's the thing. When somebody wins the Rumble, like, clearly we know they're going, they're headed to WrestleMania. Why would you want to downgrade that? Like, no offense to Elimination Chamber, but it's not WrestleMania. You're not going to want to downgrade from headlining WrestleMania. I mean, there's a whole reason as to why they do, like, the whole pointing thing where they all point at the WrestleMania sign, and it's this big moment of, oh, my God, I made it. I survived 29 other men, and I'm going to the granddaddy of them all. I'm going to wrestle freaking mania. So for that reason, I'm going to just flat out, Kill this option, Steven. Adore you. Thank you for the super chat, but definitely, definitely not. Uh, it's Zabdi says, yes, it's a beautiful in here. I'm on vacation. Ooh, uh, BTW, the new group, the deadly, um, the deadly prayer, AOP and Karrion Cross look tough AF. Hope they get over and become successful. I completely agree with that. So let's get on to uh, what else went down on this show. As a matter of fact, because it's Zabdi uh, sent in the super chat, I will go ahead and get into that. So Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Oh, I feel so bad for them, guys. I feel so bad for them because even though we all know that Karrion Cross, my God, really needed some sort of revamp, really needed some sort of major purpose on the show because it was not going too good, guys. Like, it was not going too good. He was making vanilla look exciting on the ice cream aisle. Let's just leave it at that. So we know that Karen Cross uh, definitely needed something spectacular to happen, right? But Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. So... They also started off with a lot of potential, right? These really great looking guys that are jacked, that are athletic, all really great wrestlers in their own right. All really cool dudes were wearing the suits, looking bomb. And then they get together at this faction and it's just a flat line, guys. Like there's been no peaks. There's been no uh, thrills. Like this is one not so great roller coaster. I mean, this might as well be the kitty section at Knott's Berry Farm. Um, it was not going too great for Bobby Lashley and Street Profits. So they come out, they cut this promo about how Bobby's talking about how 2023 is, it has been the toughest year of his career in the WWE. And I'm like thinking, yeah, man, it actually has. Like poor dude didn't get a match at WrestleMania. Uh, he's been left out of so many uh pay-per-views there hasn't been a great story for him he got into this faction and hasn't really worked out that well so I'm thinking yeah man it hasn't been going that well uh for Bobby Lashley 
But then he says that the best moment of 2023 has been linking up with the Street Profits and basically says, you know what? Um, these guys, they're going to go for the champ for the tag team titles. They even call out Judgment Day. Cool. And then Bobby Lashley says, I'm going to go back, uh, you know, to being who I am and being the almighty. And I'm going to enter myself into the 2024 Royal Rumble. And I'm thinking, all right, cool. Maybe this is going to start to uh, really shake things up for uh, the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. And then instead, we get a video clip on the Tron and everybody like the second that Karen Cross and Scarlett came out and it said the end is here. We all knew what was going to happen. It had been teased uh, that we would be seeing Karen Cross in a new faction with the AOP. So what we officially got is Karen Cross and Scarlett with aligning themselves with Paul Ellering as well as um, Akam, 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 and Razor of the AOP. Now, here's the thing. This was great. They look phenomenal. They look scary. They look tough. If I see them on the alleyway, I'm not going that direction. Um, they looked really great as a stable. Scarlet, she dyed her hair. She's a brunette now. She looks marvelous. Karen Cross, uh, he's he's always had a really good look. It was just more so of the personality was kind of lacking a little bit. But when you got somebody like Paul Ellering there, who I think is going to do a marvelous job, obviously, um, you know, we've seen so much of his work in the past. I think that he is going to be like the the key ingredient in really, really bringing forth this new stable. And then on top of that, you got AOP. These dudes, man, the last time we saw them in WWE, they were, you know, they were always big, meaty guys, right? That was always big, meaty guys. There was always some sort of intrigue in them. However, they recently look a lot more, uh, you know, cut and fit. They look more jacked, period. Uh, so I thought they looked freaking great. Um, they've got everything you can possibly want in a stable. You got your main guy with Cross. You got Scarlet, Paul who's clearly going to be the talker in this. And then you got your big two henchmen in the back that are pretty much there to be the muscle. So I feel like this is going to go hopefully very well for them, because if not, then I don't know what else they can do. So I do think that this is going to be like the new dominant force besides the bloodline on the SmackDown side of things when it comes to factions, when it comes to stables. So I'm really excited about this. Um, but I do feel bad for Lashley and the Profits. I mean, they kind of looked lame. They looked lame, which is very unfortunate to say, but they looked lame because they were like, yeah, 2024, it's going to be our year. We're looking good. 2023 sucked for us, but 2024 is going to be great. And then they get laid out they get laid out they turn them off like a light switch guys and so and so i'm thinking oh this is not their year but here's the bright side in all of this guys there's a bright side the bright side in this is that in this feud that they're going to be having with all of these guys i do think that the street profits and bobby lashley will finally get over as a group in this feud. Because if things go really hot, if they tell a great story, they have some great matches, which I'm sure they will, uh, I think this could be the turning point for them. So even though things, they kind of looked a little lame tonight, I, I do think that this could be the turning point for them. Uh, 
So I'm rooting for them, guys. I'm rooting for them. I still think that there is a shot to revamp uh, Hurt Business 2.0, even though they still haven't actually addressed them as Hurt Business 2.0. Mr. Twilly says, I just meant to start the feud by eliminating her at the Rumble. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Twilly. I thought you wanted Tiffany Stratton to win the Rumble. Uh, Mr. Twilly also says, then have Bianca versus Tiffany at Mania for no bouts. Becky or Bailey should win the Rumble. Um, by the way, I would love to see Bailey win the Royal Rumble. I want to see Bailey have her, like, she deserves to have as big a moment as Rhea Ripley has, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair. She definitely deserves those big moments like that. Um, I'm good with either or. I'm really, really good with either or Becky or Bailey. Although I am leaning towards Becky just because, again, I want to see that match with Rhea. But thank you so much to Mr. Twilly for clarifying that. Zahira Sharif says, I want to see Rhea versus Bianca. I ain't going to argue there, man, Zahira. That is definitely a match that I've been wanting to also uh, see. So I agree with you. And keep in mind that when Bianca Belair won the Royal Rumble, who was she in there with? Who was the uh, almost winner of that rumble it was Rhea Ripley to this day that is honestly one of my favorite favorite moments in the rumble was seeing both of those two women go at it and uh I just remember just like leaping out of my seat for that rumble and I was actually rooting for Rhea Ripley that year uh I really thought that Rhea was going to win that year so um yeah Anyways, good memories, really good memories. Like that's the thing about the Royal Rumble, guys. The Royal Rumble, and I don't know what everybody's routine here is, but for me, the Royal Rumble ever since I was a little girl and my uncle would always buy the pay-per-views, he would, we would always watch the Royal Rumble, like, I'm not the Royal Rumble, excuse me. We would watch like the pay-per-views, like just us, right? But the Rumble was the one show where like, my aunties would come, they'd pay attention. A couple of my extra cousins would come because they were like, oh yeah, we want to see the Rumble. It's the one pay-per-view that gets people who are not wrestling fans or are casuals to actually pay attention and like really get involved in it because of just the way that the Rumble is the way that it is. It's an exciting pay-per-view so um, and an exciting matchup. So anyways, good memories. Vin says, Scarlet looking bomb. By the way, thank you so much for this generous super chat, Vin. Uh, he says, Scarlet looking bomb. Good to see another manager on the scene and another Paul. Uh, Lashley deserves better, not a Triple H guy. What happened to B-Fab with Bob? <laughs> uh, those were interesting seeds planted. Curious on the Ashanti story. So, uh, okay. So first and foremost, we have uh, B-Fab, who... She was there with uh with Top Dollar and Ashanti the Adonis, and they were doing Hit Row. And for the most part, like B-Fab also has a phenomenal look. She looks great, right? But they were teasing her that she was going to link up with these guys, but they teased it for maybe like, I don't know, three weeks or so, where, or maybe even a little bit more than that. But they always did the same thing, though. It was always just her, you know, sometimes we wouldn't even hear the conversation. We would just see them talking, but not actually hear the conversation. And so we would get all of these teases, right? But nothing actually happened. She never actually came out with them. It, it seems like they didn't really go all the way with it, you know? So I don't really know what to say on that end of things because they didn't do anything there. But with Ashanti the Adonis, so he was also somebody that, you know, once Hit Row was done, once they released Top Dollar and all of that ceased to be no more, it, there, we hadn't seen Ashanti 
I'll be real with you guys. When he came out and he had this little backstage segment with Nick Aldis, I was like, who is that? And that's so unfortunate to say, but never comes out on TV. We haven't seen him in a long time. So I was going, oh yeah, that is Ashanti the Adonis. But it took me a second because I didn't recognize him right away because we hadn't seen him on TV. So anyways, you know, he's basically looking for an opportunity and that's what you got to do, right? Uh, I like that Nick Aldis, I liked Nick Aldis's response. It looks like it's a go for him. So he just now needs to go out there and prove himself. Uh, I would really like it if they had BFAB come out with him. That way he just doesn't come out and is just there by himself. I think that having BFAB, I mean, I think Ashanti, the Adonis linking up with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits could be cool. That way they could all be this little unit. And BFAB, you know, it'd be cool if BFAB, whether or not they link them all up together, regardless, I would like to see BFAB either with the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley or with Ashanti, the Adonis, or hell, just throw them all together and be one big giant happy family. Um, I don't know about a happy family, but be a family and we'll see what they do. Um, but yeah, there's definitely still a lot more that needs to be ironed there. Um, and yeah, thank you so much to Vin for sending that in. We got Zahira who says AOP and Karrion Cross versus the Judgment Day. Let's get it. Well, they did mention it. We got to see it at some point, but I'm pretty sure they're going to finish out their situation first with uh, Lashley and the Profits. Johnny says, favorite Royal Rumble show of all time. Honestly, I will tell you, I think my biggest reaction was when Bianca Belair won the Rumble. I remember just like losing my shit, man. Uh, of course, like same thing for Rey Mysterio. That was phenomenal. Um, those were probably like the ones that most stick out to my mind. Oh my gosh, you know which one also always makes me laugh so hard? When Kurt Angle thought that he won the Rumble and he's like celebrating and he's having the best time, but then Triple H comes out and eliminates him. Uh, that's always one of my favorite Rumble memories as well. But there's so many. Uh, I definitely want to put out some more uh, Rumble content for this month. Nick Grasso says, I called the triple threat match uh, the moment AJ Styles returned. It was pretty obvious. I disagree with you about Becky being the only choice to win the Rumble because Bailey makes sense to win and challenge EO Sky. Yeah, you're right about that. Honestly, uh, Bailey challenging EO Sky would be phenomenal. Of course, they've been telling the story with the, I was going to say Judgment Day, with the damage control. But it kind of seems like they've eased up on it just a little bit. So I feel like they eased up on it to circle back afterwards because we did have a damage control segment in the back where Bianca Belair confronted Bailey and basically said like, no, I'm winning the Royal Rumble. And they basically said that they wanted Bailey to win so that she could go after Rhea. However, if Bailey does win the Royal Rumble, they have a good period of time, like a good couple of weeks where she could make it seem like she's going after Rhea, but in reality, she goes after EO Sky. So yeah, Nick, you're right on that. There is a big story to tell there. Uh, they could probably still get to Becky Rhea Ripley in some other way. Um, maybe even at Elimination Chamber, number one contender, who will it be? And then maybe Becky Lynch wins there. So there are ways to kind of get both outcomes. So yeah, I don't hate that. Uh, good idea. I like it. And thank you so much for the super chat. We got Juan Castle who says, does Denise like big meaty guys? AOP is back. Bro, 
big meaty men are like my thing, man. Uh, <laughs> that sounds really bad, but uh, chances are if you're big, you're meaty, you move fast, you don't move like a stiff, chances are you're going to be one of my favorite wrestlers, like point blank, man. Uh, I freaking love Bronson Reed. He is one of my favorites. I've always really loved Willie Mack, one of my favorites. I've always loved Samoa Joe, another one of my favorites. I mean, when I think of big meaty men, those are obviously the first three that I think of, but uh, there's been a lot of big meaty men that I've loved in my day. (laughs) That sounds really bad. <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. Um, Juan Castle, thank you so much for the super chat. Johnny says, extra cousins seems like you don't like them. Um, what was I talking about with the extra cousins? Ah, shit. I don't remember, Johnny. I don't remember what I was talking about with my extra cousins uh, freaking comment that I said. Um, what the hell was I talking about? Ah, shit. I don't remember. Sorry, I know I mentioned it somewhere in there, but now I just completely forgot. All right, I'll come back to them. All right, Zahira Sharif says, I'm telling my age, but my first Royal Rumble was the 1989 Royal Rumble. Hey, man, it's all right. It's all right. We all, we, we all at some point are going to get there in age. So do not feel bad at all. Furthausen says, uh, I got a house show near me to attend this weekend. That's awesome, man. I hope you enjoy the, uh, the house show. Gabriel Salazar says, what is your all-time favorite Royal Rumble moment? My all-time favorite Royal Rumble moment. Uh, I just named some of the ones that I really liked because I did really love that. I love seeing Austin win too. That was also really cool. Um, But I think I'm going to go with that moment when I thought Kurt, when when Kurt Angle thought that he was winning because I've always loved Kurt Angle like a whole lot. And I've also been a Triple H fan. I know that uh, I always, I grew up a Triple H fan. I know some people judge me for that, but I grew up a Triple H fan. So I was pretty excited when he won too. I know a lot of people had different feelings about that. I was a big fan of that. But uh, (laughs) so for that reason, uh, it's kind of like the one that sticks out the most to me in my mind. Uh, Gabriel, thank you so much for asking uh, as well. Um, All right, so. Oh, Ebony Prince says the cousins watching the Royal Rumble. You were talking about that. Thank you. I was like, what was I talking about? No, man. I loved when my cousins would come watch the Royal Rumble because it just made it more exciting. We would order pizza. We would order like burgers. One time we had Panda Express. I mean, it was just like those memories. And what's sad is that I don't feel we do that anymore. You know, like I don't remember the last time that my entire family actually, yes, You know what? Speaking of Royal Rumble moments, the last time a huge amount of my family got together for a Royal Rumble was the um, was the year that Edge came back. That was the year. That was the last time that like my a a big group of my family got together to actually watch the Rumble all in one city. Oh, damn. I got the feels, guys. That was the last time, Uh, you know, everybody just goes and does a bunch of stuff. So, you know, things happen, right? a little harder to get together sometimes but uh that was the last one actually but i still love it when my cousins would come over because it's a lot always um the more the merrier you know the more people the more fun it is to to watch the rumble but anyways all right we got to get into the rest of we got to get into the rest of what happened on the show so since we were talking about the women let's talk about michin and eo sky so first of all i want to say that this was possibly let me think about this really quick. Yes, 
This was possibly my favorite match tonight, Michin and Io Sky. The My one criticism of this is the crowd did not react accordingly. I thought that there was, um, and you know, who am I to argue that happens sometimes, but I really felt that they went out there and they had a really good matchup, man. I like, I love seeing EO Sky, by the way, going out there without damage control, because at the end of the day, she's the women's champion. She's the one that should be the highlighted one. But when you think of damage control, chances are you think of Bailey first before you even think of EO Sky. So when it's all of damage control, I feel like sometimes EO gets sort of put in the background of things. And you don't put baby in the corner, guys. You got to put EO Sky up front and center. And so her coming out without damage control, I actually like that. As much as I love seeing damage control and their shenanigans together, uh, I did appreciate seeing EO Sky out there um, without any assistance or any of that, right? So this match also, the other thing that I liked about this was that Meechim hasn't really had a real opportunity at having multiple singles matches to really show what she can do she, I feel like it's been very sporadic for her and she is such I love her she is so cool she's so good I think that we need to see her in more matches like this so both of these two girls really got a time to shine on their own without any other outside parties or anything like that there was so many good moments I mean literally anytime EO does anything in terms of like when she runs the ropes, when she does her little front flips, when she does her moonsaults. I mean, anything that she does, it just always looks so crisp and so clean. It's always so enjoyable to see that. But my favorite portions, though, of this match, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention it, there was two major moments that I liked. One was Io Sky doing the German suplex on Meechin on the ring apron. That was cool. And the other one was, of course, Meechin going to the second rope and doing the styles clash that was awesome and i liked it too because aj doesn't even seem to be part of this group anymore the last time that we saw meacham and aj styles together she was like giving him a hug being all chummy and like i love you and he was like ugh. he kind of just pushed her to the side that sort of thing so the fact that she did the styles clash uh i liked that i really really did like that um but eventually eos guy she gets her win and then i had already mentioned the moment we saw backstage with damage control but this was a good match, and we need to see more stuff like this, guys, because EO Sky, she needs to keep showing herself, especially as champion, showing what she can do in the ring as champion. And then Meechin, dude, just having her have a match like this, period, I thought was a huge win for her. So I was a big fan of what they did tonight with Meechin and EO Sky. Um, we got Gabriel Salazar who says, damn, Otis doesn't get a mention. <laughs> He'll be disappointed. Uh, of course, I got to mention Otis in there, too. I love Otis, too. Uh, it just didn't pop up in my head, man. I'm sorry to Otis. I love Otis, too. Very funny. Very funny. Johnny says, how about a top 10 Royal Rumbles matches video and a top 10 non-Royal Rumble matches video? You should orchestrate some family reunions. Uh, yeah, first of all, I, I like all these ideas. Uh, I will probably do that. I like this. Thank you, Johnny. This, I appreciate this. I'm going to uh, 
make a mental note of this because I do need to plan some rumble coverage uh, for this month. So thank you so much for that. Seriously. Juju says it's cool seeing new women get a title chance under the new triple H regime under Vincent Kennedy McMahon. It'd be the same crop of women. I mean, not going to lie there. Of course I saw, we saw a bunch of great stuff with, um, with the women under Vince McMahon, we did see a lot of good stuff, but we are seeing a different version of that now with Triple H. So he's doing good stuff too. And you can tell like for the longest, he's always been such a huge supporter of Rhea Ripley. And like the year that we saw Triple H take over creative is really the year that Rhea Ripley went from like, we love Rhea Ripley to, holy shit, Rhea Ripley's a star. And keep in mind, she didn't even have that many matches. She didn't even have that many matches and she is still a freaking star. Like that at no, that did not diminish her, her star power at all. So that's just kind of to show a little bit of like what Triple H has done with the women. I think he did a good job with Rhea Ripley in terms of like associating her with big acts in terms of just making her feel special and making her aura and her presence really come through on the programming. Now we just need to see more matches for Rhea Ripley. But other than that, um, there's been a lot of stuff that I have liked with Triple H and the women, of course. Thank you so much to Juju for that uh, super chat. All right, so I want to go ahead and get into the United States Championship Tournament Final. So the big thing from this is we had Kevin Owens versus Santos Escobar. Santos Escobar comes out with his new cool two dudes, uh, Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. And they gave this match a good amount of time. I think it was like 20 something minutes, somewhere around there. I think we had like two commercial breaks for this. So we got a, a good amount of time. There was some cool moments during this. I, I really did like the way that they paced this match, but I think for the most part, we sort of knew how this was going to end. We kind of had known for a while. KO hits his stunner and on Santos Escobar. He gets the victory. And this entire time, Logan Paul had been on commentary. So he comes out and he then tells, he then tells Kevin Owens that as a Canadian, that he should probably not be winning the United States Championship. He makes a uh, hockey reference, the crowd booze. Uh, that was really cool. I did like all of this, but... I think we all knew that this was the way that it needed to be because all of the shit that Logan Paul had been talking on Kevin Owens, we needed to see Kevin Owens get his revenge. So with that being said, I have a feeling that Kevin Owens is going to win the United States Championship at the Royal Rumble. Um, and if he does, then Logan Paul loses off of his first defense. But I do think that Kevin Owens is taking the title um, from Logan Paul. But at the same time, part of me doesn't want him to only because I'm still so sold on my idea of eventually seeing Logan Paul versus Ellie Knight for the United States Championship. Uh, I would like it if that's what we saw at WrestleMania, Ellie Knight, Logan Paul for the United States Championship. Whether or not they do that, who the hell knows? So part of me, even though I think Kevin Owens is winning at the Rumble, I want to see him lose just so that we can keep the title on Logan Paul so that we can eventually get Logan Paul, Ellie Knight, and Ellie Knight can win the United States Championship. That's where I'm at with that. All right. Um, backstage, we did have an interaction with Cameron Grimes, and he's poking fun at Logan Paul. Grayson Waller and Austin Theory, they have his back out there. So we are going to be seeing Cameron Grimes versus Grayson Waller next week on SmackDown. All right. What haven't we talked about? All right. We got one major thing to discuss in regards to SmackDown. And then from there, it's pretty much a wrap. But before I wrap things up, before we start closing out the show, um, 
tomorrow, I will be back here to talk about Collision. So it's Collision fans, I will be here. And then Sunday, I'm doing a bonus podcast with Righteous Reg. And we are going to be talking about the first week of wrestling in 2024. Big moments, big matchups, where we're at, what we're seeing. Um, that one's going to be like a pretty you know, fun podcast. So if you guys want to come in and just like hang out and talk about pro wrestling and what the hell we think is going to happen for 2024, uh, you can come in and hang out during that. But also next week is going to be a big week here on the channel. So I'm not going to give you guys any spoilers, but as of right now, I have booked not one, not two, not three, but four. That's right. I'm having my own fatal four way here Four. Pretty damn good interviews are going to be happening next week. And I will be dropping them all in the same week because that's how I do. That's how I do. All right. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, keep an eye out for that. And then on top of that, we got all of the podcasts like normal and a bunch of stuff heading into the rumble. All right. Last topic of the day. Butch had to find himself a mystery partner to go up against pretty deadly and his partner, oh, it was a good one. It was Tyler Bate. Now, for those of you who check out my NXT post show, you guys know I love Tyler Bate. He's freaking phenomenal. He's a great wrestler. And, of course, Butch and Tyler Bate have teamed up a, a zillion times, but not on SmackDown. So getting to see them team up together was pretty awesome. I didn't know they were going to get the win. I was so surprised by this. I thought it was going to be pretty deadly still. But Butch and Tyler Bate get the victory, and I'm thinking, Hell yeah. Um, I need to have them continue this. I need them to officially announce Tyler Bate as a WWE SmackDown superstar because that is what we need to get here. Um, also, crazy fun fact about Butch, guys. So I don't know how many. Yes. Okay. So I did post a short on here. So I don't know how many of you guys checked out my interview with Mansoor. If you haven't checked it out, please do. It's my favorite of the year from last year. Besides my interview with Hikaru Shida. Those two are tied for my favorite interviews. But Mansoor revealed to me that when Butch came to the main roster, and you know he was the crazy guy. Remember what he was doing when he was all cuckoo crazy? Vince McMahon was not planning on having Butch actually wrestle. Pete Dunne, guys. He was just supposed to be out there being crazy. That was it. He wasn't supposed to wrestle on the main roster. I know, mind blown. It When he told me that, I could not believe it. I'm like, Pete Dunn, Pete Dunn, the Pete Dunn you and I know? What, what are we talking about here? It, it's crazy. Uh, if you want to hear the clip, it's up here on my channel. Just go to my shorts and you guys will see it. But I was just like, mind blown blown ender buckley says um the bruiser weight butch your mansoor interview is golden btw like i said guys i'm not kidding you when i tell you that was one of my favorite interviews of 2023 that interview and the hikaru shida in my opinion were the two best interviews that i did last year um and keep in mind mansoor i did that one like really late in the year and there was a lot of really great stuff i spoke with trinity last year i spoke with uh rhea ripley was my most watched interview for last year there was a lot of really great ones <laughs> so many great ones but those two were my personal favorites because when i'm allowed to have more time with the talent instead of just like 15 minutes when i'm allowed to have more time obviously it allows me the opportunity to dig a little deeper so 
I like when I could do more longer interviews with people and get some good stories, get comfortable and all of that. But anyways, that Mansoor interview, phenomenal. The Mason D. Madden interview, phenomenal. Um, really good stuff that they both gave me some really great stuff. Um, all right, so that's it, everybody. That was SmackDown. Next week, we're going to be seeing Bianca Belair versus Bailey. Those two girls, they know how to work together. They have such great chemistry. I'm excited to see that. Cameron Grimes versus Grayson Waller, as I mentioned earlier. And then Joaquin Wilde and Cruz Del Toro versus Angel and Umberto. So those are the three matches that are announced for next week. And then official Royal Rumble matches. We already mentioned it earlier. The Fatal 4-Way, uh, Roman. Randy Orton, Ellie Knight, and AJ Styles. And then, of course, the United States Championship, Kevin Owens versus Logan Paul at the Royal Rumble. So that's where we're at right now. Uh, we got a super chat here from John Collins, who says, does anyone feel that the reigns, that the reign, hold on, hold on, hold on, I got this. Does anyone feel that the reigns, his title reign doesn't mean, all right, I'm gonna start all over. <laughs> John Collins says, does anyone feel that Roman Reigns' title reign doesn't mean as much because he doesn't defend it and this generation doesn't care about the consecutive days as champion if he doesn't defend it? So this has been something that has been largely discussed now for several months on social media, of course. Everybody has chimed in on this. And I will be the first person to say that, of course, I want to see Roman Reigns wrestle a whole lot more. Are you kidding me? Of course. But I do not think that that doesn't mean that his reign isn't that important or that it doesn't mean that much because at the end of the day, Roman Reigns is freaking Roman Reigns and they have established his presence as larger than life. I mean, they gave him this like godlike theme song. He's out there with Paul Heyman. He, he's as big as as big as gets in WWE right now so for that reason i still think that it means a whole lot and, it, and if it didn't mean that much then we wouldn't be all excited about oh is cody gonna finish the story or who's gonna defeat roman reigns like that wouldn't be a conversation if it didn't necessarily um matter but i do agree i do think that we need to see roman reigns have a lot more matches but i think at this point it's pretty clear what kind of schedule roman reigns is on and yeah, so that's kind of my thoughts on that. But thank you so much to John Collins for sending in the super chat. I seriously appreciate you doing that. Um, That's it, everybody. We did it all. We covered SmackDown. Uh, the first SmackDown of 2024 is officially in the books. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, if you like any of my interviews, guys, that's it. I'm starting to push. Here we go. My goal is to get to 300 Apple Podcasts, Spotify, reviews so if you enjoyed this podcast go to the apps leave a review it really helps out a whole whole lot but other than that i will see you guys back here for collision conversation and i hope that everybody has an awesome weekend bye everyone